Welcome back to part two of Musicians of the Midnight Sun interview with Angus Bolio. So that's uh, that's how I, uh, I guess I kind of started. Uh, and many players played with me. There was many guitar players in Fort Res here. So this many. is even before the Native Cousins? Oh, yeah. Um, I had different groups <clears throat> playing playing with me before. The Fort Native Cousins, Pine Point, started up in 1965. I played in Pine Point, uh, Hay River, with a different group. I played uh, a few weddings in Hay River. And also, another little experience here. The highway wasn't completed. Uh, there was a winter, they got a winter road in, and, and they worked on part of this road, this end. There was three, uh, three miles. There's swamp, and, and you name it, uh, I had a call from here River here that uh, they want me to play for a dance in here River, and I was still in one one amplifier uh, time. So I said, "Sure, here uh, River." Well, there's no highway really, but from Pine Point, all through Dawson Landing, uh, there's a, all mining, uh, drilling roads and that, and they finally got a road up. To, they made a winter road up to Buffer River, and then. Winter rode into here that, that winter, but then uh, I think the second year or something, they'd done some work from this end out. You can drive up to, uh, 10 miles, and there's three miles, and then there's a river, Buffer River there. So they'll drive with four by fours up to Buffer River, and uh, it was this time of year I couldn't go by boat to Buffer River. So I had to go far as I can go, and from there with a wheelbarrow. So I was wheeling the instruments, and uh, the boys were carrying guitars. James Savian, his door, Toronto, his door is still around Fort Smith there. I got a picture of it too. So here, uh, we three miles, we had a, I had a wheel. To, and, and, you know, good thing I didn't have a whole band equipment, you know, just, just a silver tune amp and uh, a few chords and whatever, uh, a few things here, and uh, the guys are carrying it. Uh, Dorsey took a picture of me, and uh, Dorsey said, "Play in the band with me." So, uh, she's played the rhythm player, and then she's a singer too. So anyway, when I was looking at these pictures not too long ago here, I said, "Dorsey, I said, uh, I thought you used to play in the band with us. Where, where are you?" She said, "Well, who would take the picture? However, however, you could get to the gig. I mean, whether it was by dog team or by boat or by <laughs> <laughs> yeah." I'd like to show you that picture there. Where we got to a washout, eh? You know, after a winter road, you know, the washout. Oh, yeah, for sure. We couldn't, can't jump across. So we've got to put a couple logs there. And we once got a, uh, one end of the wheelbarrow, eh? And we were carrying it across. <laughs> across, you know, there's, there's uh, you know, uh, Lots of water. a lot of water flowing through, eh? You know, and about, I don't know, half a dozen places we had to go through that and, and I still get, when we got to, uh, and then Paulette Creek there, they had no no culvert there. Uh, of course, it's just uh, the, the first year of the winter road, eh? So Paulette Creek there, uh, four by fours had a fine spot. Uh, good thing all is all gra- gravel uh, country over there. In the spring, some puddles were pretty deep, but four by four, eh? Uh, so I remember Paulette Creek there, it was right up to the floorboards, uh, they they found the the shallow spot to cross. 
I guess it was tough because they flew us back. <laughs> <laughs> and what you call him was one of the drivers, uh, Keith Broadhead. Uh, he uh, he died in a car accident. He was uh, he was one of the drivers came up uh, pick us up. They weren't too sure if one for one four by four to come. So there's two 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 came. But they flew you back. Eh? <laughs> they flew me back. <laughs> I didn't find it tough, but it must have been tough for them or something. <laughs> they didn't want to lose a 4 by 4 One time, uh, I think it was Keith, uh, when he was still alive, he said, do you remember that trip? I said, yeah. <laughs> so Buffer River, there was no bridge. No bridge in Buffer River, so we, uh, we had to find a boat there to uh, haul our stuff across. <laughs> you know, it's springtime. Just this is time of year because we couldn't go by boat to yeah. Little Buffer. Yeah. Otherwise, we went to could have went by boat, eh? Yeah. But with a wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> so just just for the just for the love of playing, and you got to oh, yeah. do it. You got to get there. We're coming up the Native Cousins time here, yeah. where you guys had your band and and uh, did a lot of traveling and a lot of playing. Anyways, in the north, how did that start? Who did it start with? We played all the Mackenzie well, up and down, up and down, and as long as bar was one year, one year thing. Eh? It okay. was carnival. Okay, carnival. Yeah. And that that happened. How long was that gig for? A week, well, two weeks? Uh, no, 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 no. That's just, just, just for a, three, uh, just three days. Just for the weekend. Okay. Yeah, Thursday. that's just uh, Thursday, Friday, Thursday. Saturday. Okay. Three nights. The year that they went south, um, they came back. They came back and uh, we done the same. That's uh, they let that weekend open, so they, they uh, I went over there. Well, wh when they come far as High Prairie, I come from I go from here over there and play with them mm -hmm. for say Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'll take a couple of days off here and go over there and play with them there. Or if they're in Save Lake area, I drive from here out there, and when they get to uh, Manning or High Level. I meet them there, and then they just keep on seeing like they go. Uh, but it's kind of not through book, booking agencies. Kind of hard sometimes. They jump from from one end down to this end, and then you're not not going to you know yeah, uh, not yeah, going to like in, uh, in line like you know. It's just yeah. you're jumping yeah. all over the place, eh? And then uh, Yellowknife, they, they played. Uh, I think they played for a week and a half at that time, and then they went back south again. So the the native cousins then came. To uh, well, it it came well. Seventy five, you know. Uh, yeah. uh, we went to pick a name, and uh, and I came up with a name. I said all our grandfather brothers, and we're cousins, and we're natives. We're all Métis, mm -hmm. and, and everybody agreed with that name. The longest bar was that that was Caribou Carnival, right? Yeah. In Yellowknife, yeah. and so. You did that for how many years? Twenty-two years. Twenty-two years, twenty-two consecutive years. Yeah. Never miss one year. That's many years, eh? Yeah, oh man, <laughs> that's a long time. One thing that came up with this fellow I was talking with in, in Yellowknife was uh, the different nationalities of people, and that's probably because the gold mines were there. They'd be bringing their music from their country, and the Métis people would be having their music, but they would all be in the same room and sort of, you know, providing the entertainment for the night. Was there the same thing happening here? I, I know Fort Res used to be a lot bigger, like it used to be a bigger community, and it was more or less the 
a hub of, of, of transportation. And so was that same sort of thing happening here? Not during my remembering days, uh, but going back to the old man George Norton again, uh, uh, his days, my grandfather was telling me one time, he said, that, uh, nothing in different type of music, but uh, just in fiddle, fiddle itself. But I've never heard of other kind of different kind of music, but uh, what what else different can you play up here but the fiddle, uh, fiddle those days, and then there's no guitars till later on, yeah. you know. And uh, chord in... Uh, I remember there's a white trapper when I was growing up, he used to come through here, he had a steel guitar, and he used to stay at our place just before freeze-up, he used to come through here and go out to Fort Reliance and then from there go on a land, I guess, you know. And then I don't see him again, and all at once, I don't know how many years after again, seemed like a long time, he had a, there's a steel guitar, but there's just a hollow body, I think. But he used to play for us. Uh, but it was ever nice. Uh, so, so, yeah, not many more other instruments coming through than, like you say, the fiddle and the guitar. Whatever could be played acoustically. Well, uh, I said my grandmother used to have one of these little yeah, yeah, the push, uh, push pulls. You know? yeah. But I never saw her uh, playing it for, for a dance. Mostly in church. No, she played at home, but um, my grandfather used to tell me she played it for dances with her brother, but that was before me. I don't remember that. But she now and then she used to take it out and play. She had two of them. The old one she let me fool around with, but not the new, uh, the newer one, you know. That one uh, she kept in her trunk. Nobody else touched it. And I don't even remember what happened to it after my grandmother died. So uh, I don't remember any, uh, like Yellowknife, is, uh, yeah, when Yellowknife started up, it's uh, in the later years, you know, uh, in the th- late 30s, I guess, you know, yeah, 40s and that in Yellowknife. Eh? People here, what was happening here, people in Yellowknife, people came to Yellowknife to work there. But Fort, Fort Res was more like a, a gate, so whoever came here maybe stopped here, but he's on the way. But uh, on the way to down to Mackenzie or something, yeah. but not not a Yellowknife. They came there and stayed Stay there. there. So it's a different. I think it's a different way. Fort Res, I can go back. 1911, Fort Res was 767 people here, and now it's 500 and something. Yeah, there used to be a lot of people here. Well, yeah, even uh, if you're saying there's, you know, that many priests here and... Well, it was, yeah, uh, so it was kind of a like training. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, like the priests, <coughs> new priests are coming in, learning the languages here. Oh, okay. And then there's some extra priests, uh, that young priests are taught the Chippewa language here. Okay. And, that, you know, and then they would go out to the community. Uh, they, go, they go to Tsutsalke, Far Tsutsalke, down that way. And people used to gather here Christmas, you know, people come from all around this lake for church. Christmas was very, very, very important to the people way back. That church here used to be full, 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 full at Christmas time. Sometimes just before Masses, just after communion, sometimes they come in. Big fur park was just ice. 
coming in, going down the aisle there. If Father sometimes said, put the communion away, he'll take it out and give communion. I remember when we were coming out of churches, dog teams all over that are late coming in, but still going to church. The singing and everything was so, you know, it was a big, big, big thing. But Christmas, I remember people, I mean, come from all over the place. Dogs are all dressed up. And uh, in those days, people come in, gloves, moccasins, I mean, beautiful. And I remember people sewing. All the communities, I go to the Rosh River there, and small little communities all the way going there, and not the small communities, people, a couple houses here and there. Eh? Don't matter where you stop, people, uh, ladies are sewing it. Little candle light there, you know. And the beautiful work to do. And I remember we used to, you go to a place where there's a gas lamp. We're going, you know, people are going like this. It's too bright, you know. <laughs> our eyes, our ears, you know, change a lot. My grandfather's house used to be right here. I said, in the arena there uh, on that that corner, uh, where arena just that corner. I guess a little further than that. That's where the old NT. Building used to be a uh, big white house here. That's where they used to have all their dances. And then winter, I used to stand outside and listen to music. And I can hear the fiddle just clear. And that same building was standing there, and I was, I was thinking here. If I go in there with my fiddle, play my fiddle, and I put somebody here who will never hear me, with the doors and windows closed. And I used to listen to music, I used to hear clear. In those days there was no power plants, trucks running around and fuse and that, you know. It seemed like the sound traveled more than uh, today. But I'm just saying Christmas was uh, Easter, same thing. You know, mm. people for come from long oh, ways. Sure. Is that your your fiddle yeah. that's a hundred years old? Yeah. How did you get that fiddle? What's what's the story? What's the oh, story right. behind <laughs> it? What's the story behind the instrument there? Okay. Uh, first, uh, maybe going back about twenty, I would say roughly twenty years. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're still in uh, my old house here next door. Uh, in the, during the summer, we're playing fiddle outside. It was nice outside, so we were playing a couple guitars. We were just playing outside there. And this guy brought me a fiddle with no pegs, no um, no strings, no not just a just a this body, eh? And he told me it's an old fiddle that I found up in my grandfather's attic. I had some other old fiddles, so it didn't even hit my mind at all, you know. And uh, we're playing, and after we finished playing, I think uh, it started to rain, I think, so we quit, and and that was it. And and I didn't even know he left that fiddle behind. About 20 years later, uh, we're living in this house here, and I was looking for something in the old house, and then uh, I ran across this fiddle here. And I was looking at it, looking at it, looking at it, and I, I don't remember nothing about that fiddle, so 
I brought in the house. I asked the wife, where, this, where did this come from? He said, remember, this guy brought it over. He wanted to give it to you, but you never, uh, you just left it. Just left it here, so the, when you guys came in the house, uh, it was raining, so I brought it in. Okay, I said, uh, I don't know nothing about, I can play it a bit, but uh, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know anything about the wood or the, <coughs> anything at all. I just looked at it, and then I, I thought maybe I'll try and uh, fix it up. It had a couple cracks on it and that. So I brought it to the school where I work. In my spare time there, uh, a couple of cracks in front there, uh, I tried to put ordinary, uh, I guess you're not supposed to use, I didn't know, you're not supposed to use uh, ordinary wood glue on it, but mm -hmm. I didn't know, so I, I put a little bit of wood glue in there and uh, put a big clamp on it. I didn't have a small clamp, so I put one of these Carpenter big long clamps on it and I put it on the shelf. I think it was just during the time there was no school uh, after or school is out or something like that, and then I don't know who, uh, how it fell off the shelf. And uh, of course, I had a big long clamp, maybe the balance or whatever, and, and I found it on the floor. There was a nine pieces. I just grabbed a small box and put it all in the box, and I got a cupboard there. I keep my own uh, belonging in there. I put it in there. And then that went on another year or whatever, you know. <laughs> and then my helper that's working with me at the school, uh, we're cleaning, spring cleaning, and I was doing garbage. I was burning garbage, and good thing I had my gloves on. When I showed uh, the garbage in, uh, I noticed a piece of that fiddle fell out of that box into the fire there. And so I reach in there, and I grab that box with some of the pieces fell out of the box, so I grabbed it, or even right through the flame, I grabbed, I guess there's one piece inside, there's a block inside of it that uh, that I, I, I missed out, I guess, I didn't know. I thought I had all the pieces there. And then it sat in a shelter for a while till Cole crook there. Uh, you showed me his fiddle that uh, Alfie Myers uh, repaired. One of his uncle or one of his way back, he had no fiddle there. A mouse made a hole in it, and uh, Alfie patched it up. He was showing me this. I was telling him I have got no fiddle that I was trying to fix and fell all apart on me. I got nine pieces. He said, send it out to um, Alfie. Alfie fix it for you. So I put it in a box, and uh, I sent it to Edmonton, to Alfie Myers here. Then later on, he phoned me up. He said, it's a very good fiddle, but it's going to cost you a lot of money. It's going to cost you 700 and some dollars to get it fixed. So I wasn't sure, so I said, wait, just, uh, I'll talk to you the way first. I talked to Dorothy, I said, what do you want me to do this old fiddle? And that's the time I didn't even know the fiddle was a hundred over 100 years old yet. I didn't know. And I didn't quite know where the fiddle came from yet uh, at this time, you know. And So I told Dorothy, I was going to pay $100, I mean, $700 for it. Uh, I don't even know the fiddle going to be any good or what. She said, well, take a chance on it. I'll pay for it if you don't want to pay for it. So I phoned Alfie back. I said, go ahead. That was on the month of January. That I sent it on December. We're going out to Lake and then same time we sometimes go to Edmonton. So I pick up the mail on our way out as we're leaving town. And we're going along. The wife was opening the mail and there was a bill for that. The fiddle was all, all finished. 
So after we went to Lake St. Anne, we went and I picked it up, and it looked like brand spanking new. And so I thought maybe another fiddle, just uh, for that, give me another old fiddle for that. Because I, when I close, close looked at it, I noticed where the old cracks were, and I recognized it. So the wife paid for it, and uh, and it happened to be really. Uh, I really liked the sound. Oh, at the same time I was there, I asked him how old of that fiddle would be. And he said it would go from the last time it was played at least a hundred years. Only when I got home, I, I started asking about this fiddle now. And then it, I tracked it back to my grandfather. My grandfather's father, I mean, yeah, my grandfather's father... Pierre Beaulieu, uh, his brother was Susie King Beaulieu. That was his fiddle. So is that the King Beaulieu? I yeah, hear King. About? Yeah, King Beaulieu's fiddle. Holy smokes! So that's how. Uh, but first, I, I didn't, I didn't pay anything for it. It was just, it was just given to me, and uh, you know, I don't know why this guy brought it to me. I just don't understand, you know, how, uh, how all this, uh, you know. Yeah, and uh, yeah. since, I, you know, like I told you, I got three, th three things from um, old Francois. Four things. Um, a clock, uh, a chair, packs, and a bear trap. I had four things this old man told you, and that's his son, his fiddle, eh? So this Francois... His son, his fiddle. And it came around to you? It's, it came to me. It could have been, I didn't, I don't know about Francois, if Francois ever played fiddle. I don't know if it has any connection there, I don't know. But as far as I can track it back, it's to King Bolios. No, it's just, I, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, it of, just, uh, this happened. You know? One of those things, eh? But a good thing it did happen that way. I mean, as close, uh, to, as, as close to having to reach into the fire to pull all the pieces. And out. then all the going through all that, you know, you know, if I didn't, if I wasn't watching, <clears throat> that fiddle would have been gone, and I wouldn't have thought nothing of it That's either right. because yeah. I, I didn't know where it come from. And there was a piece missing, so Al had to put uh, put a new piece mm -hmm. inside. It's a block, I think, where that little peg and the back that holds the the uh, holds the tailpiece. There's a block of wood there. I think uh, you need something solid there, mm -hmm. of course, to hold that little that little pig. It mm -hmm. goes in the back there, and there's a block inside. I think it's uh, about something about that size, and that's a piece that I was missing. So I remember he told me that he had to put a, a piece in, but the body, everything is nothing changed. So there, uh, that's how uh, that's the story of this uh, King Bolius fiddle. Mm -hmm. well, that's an amazing story. Ask you about the native cousins again, uh, and also maybe some of the other players that you played with. You were playing, and you had different bands up until 1975, 1975 and then oh. the native cousins were formed. Well, they actually they've been playing with me before, say 1970 at least, or even before. So, uh, actually, the name came about only in 1975. That's what happened. Okay. But uh, the band, the band was together before that. Yeah, before that. And it's but it's the lineup has pretty much stayed the same since since then, since uh, '75. Well, oh well, the, 
I, I think I go beyond. Uh, well, Dave Cousins, I think, uh, goes into the 60s. Yeah, in the 60s, uh, late 60s, I would say. From that time, they're all uh, same, same players. I know, uh, I know Leander started with me, uh, the lead player. He was 14 years old. None of the players that played in my band, I never showed them to play the guitar. Some of the players before, when uh, the quarter film music, I okay, I tell them G chord or you know, the, I had to show them the changes, and that's some of the ones uh, way back when I first uh, play, started playing with the guitar, and that and some of them, some songs, not not all the songs, you know. Well, Leander. He picked up an old guitar from his brother Herbie uh, when Herbie left home. Uh, there was an old guitar dragging around that uh, had only two strings on. And that's how Leander started with a, a two-string. And then from there on, his mum bought him uh, a little guitar from the Northern store. It had been in the store so long that the, the neck was warped and that uh, for $9. And that's the guitar that he started on and he was 14 years old. He played for a first dance with me in Hay River. That's in the 60s, uh, late 60s, I think it is. Uh, he was just playing rhythm at the time. Uh -huh. and, uh, I never showed him, I never tell him what chord, and uh, he was, uh, he done very well in uh, in rhythm, and uh, ever since then, Leander's been playing, and he picked the lead, all the picking. He's a very fancy picker in uh, Bacon's uh, picking style, you know, okay. all uh, any kind of picking. Uh, I thought he was one of the top in the north. Before him was Tony Buggins <coughs> playing in my group. There was a time when there was no music at all, no music happening in Res, and um, Angus kept a few of us going, like myself, Leander Bolio, the original Native cousins. And he went out and bought all kinds of instruments, and he kept us at his house to make sure we didn't get carried away. You know, when you're young, you get carried away. So he bought drums, and he bought amps, and everything, and he just set it up when he put us to work. He's, he actually saved music, eh? I had Tony and uh, Leander, and they done picking together when we played for dances. A, a double a double lead. Double leads. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So that uh, really, real uh, came out uh, good, you know. Yeah, uh, it could sound really nice. Yeah. Before the Ned Cousins, I, well, the, those days we just fiddle guitar. I played for a lot of dances. I just fiddle guitar, but uh, sometimes never the same guitar players. But yeah. maybe I should name some of the guitar players that uh, sure. that played with me. Isidore Charles, who uh, lives in Fort Smith now. And uh, he played in my group there before the, before the Native Cousins. Uh, George Manville, George Manville from Yellowknife, also played uh, for dances here uh, with me uh, for quite a few years. And when I did get out of the hospital, I uh, went over to visit my my next door neighbor, who was Angus Bolio. Now, Angus was a great influence on a lot of musicians in, in Resolution. He had several instruments, and he had uh, probably the first amplifier in the town, and uh, was very uh, influential to, to a lot of other musicians. I did spend a lot of time with Angus, and he was always very, very encouraging, and uh, it was almost like every day I'd be over there. 
and uh, James Fabian uh, and Sonny Collins also played in my band. Uh, he lives in Hay River. He used to be my lead singer mm-hmm. and the guitar, uh, rhythm guitar player. There was Henry Jerkin that used to play uh, guitar for me for dances too. He's uh, he's gone. Mickey Laverty also played uh, guitar for me, uh, and he's he's gone too. Frank Fabian. So there's many, uh, many, many guitar players uh, that uh, played with me for dances in Fort Reds. Just about every every person used to play uh, guitar. The ones that didn't play fiddle play guitar. You know, <laughs> that's just about. That's uh, the way that it went. Yeah, and uh, way, when <laughs> I was growing up, there was also uh, a lady fiddler. Her name was Florence Hool, and uh, she used to play fiddle for dances. And there's a lady, he used to be her guitar player. Her name is also Florence, Florence Bolio. So those two are kind of group, played for dances also. As I said, when I was growing up, there's George Norn, a fiddler, and Johnny Bolio, one of the top fiddlers too. Sam Norn, those are the main ones, you know. Some other ones play a little bit, you know, and that. One thing you mentioned yesterday about waiting for an, an you said you were sort of going to retire, but you were waiting for another a younger player to come and take your place that way, or take the torch, so to speak, or to carry on with the tradition of yeah. you know, Métis fiddling. One thing I would uh, I would say is my grandfather that raised me not very long before he passed passed away. He said to me when he was in, in the bed, sick bed there, he said, music is the most wonderful thing, music, he said. He said, uh, even something happens to me, he said, if I'm gone. Well, those days, uh, if somebody, you lose somebody in the family, some people wouldn't play music for a year or more or something like that, okay? That's, uh, that's our tradition, like, you know, that's the way somebody dies we don't play music and that that's the way it used to be but then he said to me he said I know he said you play for a lot of a lot of dances for people you travel you're still uh, you're still with us I told you he's gone in 1969 so I was playing for quite a few dances out of town and playing quite a bit and it's just about every weekend and he said to me he said if something happens to me he said uh, if they ask you to play for a dance even Short after I'm gone, he said, "Don't don't turn it down. You just play. Music is the most wonderful thing." He said, "He said you're given a gift to make people happy." He said, "Music makes people happy, and you carry that on as long as your fingers can do it." So, and I remember playing for a dance maybe about two months after my grandfather passed away, and. Somebody was saying, oh, look at that guy. He doesn't even th- uh, think of his grandfather. He's playing music. Mm-hmm. But I didn't do it on my own like he told me to carry on. Because usually we always listen to our people that passed away. There's some message sometimes you got to follow. And when a person sometimes last word, it wasn't his last word, but... Uh, 
it was getting closer there when he talked to me about music. He said, not everybody's giving me a gift to play music. And he said, you're, you're giving me a gift. So when I thought of that too, when I was thinking about retiring, again, when I thought of my grandfather there, I thought, well, maybe I should just carry on. I think I'll just keep on playing. I would like to thank Angus for sharing his rich musical life story with musicians at the Midnight Sun. To hear more, see photographs of his life, and the full interview transcript, check out musiciansofthemidnightsun.com, linked in the show notes. You can follow along as well on Facebook and Instagram. If you would like to support the continuation of this project, please donate it on our website, musiciansofthemidnightsun.com. I would like to thank the City of Yellowknife Heritage Committee and the Northwest Territories Creative Industries Economic Recovery Fund for supporting this podcast series. And to thank the Northwest Territories Arts Council, Government of the Northwest Territories, Department of Education, Culture and Employment, the Yellowknife Community Foundation, and the City of Yellowknife Heritage Committee for supporting the website so far. A full list of supporters can be found on the website. The archival audio of this podcast is from the Northern Musicians Project Collection at the Northwest Territories Archives. I'm Pat Brady. Thanks for listening.